Testing, testing, one, two, three. This episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera is dedicated to the memory of Bijou and Jerry's god nana, Rosalind. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the um, Back in the USA episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. As always, well, I should say once again, we come to you from Casa de Bijou, a.k.a. high atop Ty Rivera Studios. I did it backwards that time. See? Versatile. 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 And sometimes oral kissing if there's chemistry, if you must know. Versatile top, I would even say, because that's what I prefer. Anyway, just a little bit of inside for you guys, a little peek behind the curtain. This episode is a serious, partly serious episode, though. Um, I do have to mention this. Uh, I dedicated this episode to Roslyn. Um, Roz, I called her in my head, even though she didn't know that. And that is um, my friend Chris Rubio that watches my puppies, Bijou and Jerry, him and his wife, uh, Vern, they had their mother-in-law living with them, Vern's mom. And uh, the reason that Bijou and Jerry stay with Chris Rubio and Vern is because Vern and Chris Rubio love my dogs like they're their own. And they really are my dog's godparents. There's no two ways about that. And in the true sense of the word, like if anything ever happens to me, my dogs are definitely to go to Chris Rubio and Vern. And uh, they were all going to look for a house. Well, they had plans as a family. And they're real family type people. And it's one of the things I love about them. Uh, but yeah, so Rosalind was living at Chris Rubio's house. And... Uh, she was Vern's mother, and she just really loved my dogs. I'm thinking about playing a voicemail from her so that you guys can get an idea. And I wasn't supposed to know about this voicemail, I don't think. I'm trying to decide if it's respectful or not. And it's not like a thing where I know some people think that I completely have no boundaries or whatever. When I really do care about people and I know them, I, I do respect them, and I... Um, I really felt bad. Like, it's rare that I, like, cry. And I'm not crying now. My voice just cracked like that. Maybe it's emotion coming out, but um, I don't know. It doesn't feel particularly tender right now. Um, but who knows? I could break down in a second because I really did have a little bit of a cry at the airport about it because I didn't know her well, but I do consider Chris Rubio and Vern family, and I did know her well enough to know that she was a nice lady. And... Um, there was just an accident, and she ended up passing away on Thursday night, um, and I didn't know about it. Like, uh, Chris had sent me a text message, I guess, and I didn't get that because I was traveling and I didn't have my SIM card in, and then I hit him up just to see how my dogs were, and then he let me know, and yeah, it's, it, you know, it's... It kind of relates to, though, like a lot of what's been happening because it's, it's so weird, you know, to have just seen somebody because I just saw her when I dropped my dogs off um, not too long ago. And, um, you know, we had a quick chat and she was such a, just a nice lady and um, she loved my dog. She would walk them to the point where they'd be exhausted, which as a dog parent is a good thing. It's like, yes, exercise my babies. And, um, you know. I really love my dogs. They're, um, I always wanted to have at least one kid. That's, I didn't, don't necessarily want to be married, but I always wanted to at least have one kid. And God's plan is better than mine, so that might never happen. Um, I'm barren, you guys. There, I said it. I'm barren. I've, tried it both ways, me putting it in them, them putting it in me. And either way, it just doesn't take. It's not good soil. What can I say? I'm barren. So I have these two little dogs, and anybody that's good to my little dogs and loves them that much, I definitely do respect and I appreciate. And um, I hate to sound cheesy, but honestly, R.I.P. Rosalind. Um, Chris, is currently maybe like um, about... 
440. And I know that Biju and um, Jerry is going home. I was really hoping to get back and see them before they leave, which we're going to get back home soon. But I just wanted you to let um, Kai know that how beautiful their little coats are shining and how well you guys took care of little Biju for taking good care of the little doggies. And I'm going to miss them if I don't have a chance to say goodbye to them. So tell Ty that I, I really wanted to see them one more time before I left. All right, Chris, um, I'll talk to you another time. God bless you, hon. Uh, it, there's no good segue out of that. Uh, I've been on the road in China. I'm sure you guys knew. I think it was a total of nine or ten days that I was actually out there. And then it's a, two days for travel, you know, one on the way out there, basically, and one on the way back. It's like a 12-hour flight plus, you know, there's Seattle, which is three, so like 15 hours plus whatever time in the airport, you know, getting there early and waiting for connectings. And today there was a delay and... It adds up to full days. And so, um, yeah, I've been on the road with the last week. If you were paying attention, botherinas, botherinas, um, you know that I was on the road with Barney Rivera and Kurt Dunsing. And so we finished out the tour. There were little, there were a couple little things that happened towards the end of the tour that I wish they had been able to do another podcast with me. I wanted to do one more before I left, but. Uh, it ended up being a bit of a shit show right at the end, but it was just because, you know, it was when the work was done, so it wasn't like a, a big thing, but uh, it was <laughs> just a shit show, you know, and uh, I would go into it, but none of it matters, you know, and I don't care about any of it. Like, sometimes people think I'm going to hold on to this shit or care about it, and it's not even like they did anything to me. I was like, they're good friends, so at a point they got into it or whatever, but it was all very, like, you watched it, and it was like friends. They just, you know, we'd all been drinking, and it was that kind of night. It was after everything was over, and we had been through a lot of stress together, so it doesn't really surprise me that it happened, because... You know, you travel that much. We were staying in some towns like 12, 18 hours, 12 hours at the most, and not even really a lot of 18 hours, to tell you the truth. And we had Chengdu where we were there for, you know, an extra day, and that was nice. And then I think we had one, no, the other one wasn't chill like that. It was a day where technically we had, but it didn't turn out to be chill like that. And one of the sponsors, I'm going to play a clip of that so that you guys can hear it. But one of the sponsors was a pain in the ass. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful. And, you know, at the end we talked and stuff, and I think he's a cool enough guy. So it's just, I have to say this the way that it went down and so that people understand the way it works sometimes. You know, when you're traveling like that and you're constantly having to get to a train or a plane, you know, or a taxi and wait for taxis. And it, like, granted, there wasn't a lot of taxi waiting because there's just a lot of taxis in China or the parts that we've gone to. Uh, a lot of taxis. And so there wasn't usually a lot of wait. Uh, like, you know, there was one day in rush hour that was Xi'an, and we talked about that on uh, the last episode. But that day there was actual waiting for the taxi. But really it was a lot of travel. And me lugging around my bag because I don't travel light, you know, and my bag was over 50 pounds and I'm dragging it everywhere we're going. And the guys would help me here and there, but it wasn't their job to help me and I didn't expect them to help me. And I'm a pretty fit person, so the exercise was good for me, especially since I wasn't able to eat the way that I really like to eat and work out, you know, go to the gym. That's the other thing people don't realize about me is that when it comes to the gym, that really does help me keep my sanity. That really, the gym is my meds girl and i ain't playing the gym is my meds girl but yeah so i if i don't go to the gym for a while like towards the end i started to kind of come apart because it really does just balance me you know and i was working out in my room and that helped a bit but i just can't get the same kind of workout and the endorphins i need to run i just hate running on the street but i need to teach myself to do that actually i made that one of my things that i was gonna start doing that right here in the park i'm gonna take start taking jogs in the morning instead of driving to the gym for cardio i'm gonna force myself to run on like you know on the sidewalk because i 
I just hate it and I can't do it, but it would be so helpful. I wouldn't have to get to a treadmill in every city I went to. I could just be like, yeah, as long as I've got shoes, I can definitely at least do that part. So that's one thing I need to put on the list for myself. But then there was also like, you know, when people try to rush me, because what happened was the sponsor had got upset because there was a dinner we were supposed to go to, but we didn't end up making it to the dinner, and it was partly because we were a little late getting to the spot um, for the class that I was supposed to teach, because I taught a class on Friday night instead of performing, and it was um, for the comics, and they were really great, and I was just running a little bit late, and then we ended up at the wrong spot, and there were a couple little snafus that happened that night, but it was all just like, when you're dealing with the, the street names that aren't in English and some places are kind of hidden and sometimes the hotel is hard to find and like there's just different shit that happens and you can't just ask anybody you know because we just like Kurt spoke well enough but even sometimes with him he was like yeah I don't know really what they're saying or nobody knows what I'm talking about so you know it just there's all of that happening so things are going to run a little bit late sometimes and then I do have to get ready and I, I do do stripped down versions of it and I did go out with my hair fucked a couple of times because I was just like I just don't really have time to do my hair I'm gonna need to at least like you know take a dip in the shower because you're not I mean I wasn't just taking one shower in China I had to take two and they weren't long luxurious showers but they were just like you get so sweaty you know all day we're walking around like I wake up in the morning I take a shower then we're walking around the humidity I'm lugging around a 50 pound bag during the day I'm not even bothering to do my hair like in the morning because I'm just like I'm just gonna sweat it out anyway and so you know it was it was pretty grueling in that way. I don't mind it because I did sign on to do a tour and I was told that we were going to be going around quite a bit and I'm not even a little bit resentful and they lived up to their financial end of the bargain and the shows were fun and I met some new comics and I did a couple classes and I got to see China and it was really great and like Bar my friend Barney that like you know put it all together for me that's you know one of the things that he does he just really it's it's amazing the way he takes care of you you know and then kurt too was very helpful and then diana i mean like we're all friends you know it was a good so a lot of this like these little snafus we were having were having happen were cool because it was kind of like us against everybody else right it was only at the end that things got kind of whatever because it's so much stress put on us right at the end you know so many like annoying little things and that guy really didn't help anything you know the the sponsor and i hope he continues to deal with them and i hope he doesn't take this the wrong way and it's not like everybody in china's listening to this anyway so you know everything is cool but it's just like, on top of all that, I've got to think about a set. Whatever it is we're doing, yes, I still do have to think about my set, and I do have to be somewhat present. And I know that I walk on stage right after having a conversation with someone, or I'll rel look relaxed smoking cigarettes, but there is a big part of me that likes to be in my head and think to myself when I'm getting ready for a show. And that's what I use a lot of times doing my hair for. That's another thing that keeps me balanced. All this sounds really superficial, but it really does keep me balanced you know like when I'm flat ironing my hair I'll think about my jokes and yeah my arms get sore my shoulders get sore or whatever but I just feel like it's another chance for me to just be by myself and I'm the only one in the room and I'm centered because the other thing that was happening on the tour that the outside eye wouldn't be able to see was that we had to spend a lot of time together so if you're a person like me that is usually very independent and in your own thoughts and now you're hanging out with three people all the time, like you don't get that same kind of one-on-one -on -one with yourself that you usually do have. And again, I didn't mind this and it wasn't like they were hard to be around or anything like that, but that was another thing that, you know, every once in a while I had to find times to be by myself. And it wasn't just that they wanted to be on me because they weren't being needy like that. It was really that we had to travel everywhere together and it was really that if I had gotten lost during that time I would have just been lost because I don't know how to talk to any well you know I say that kind of stuff but I know that if my back was against a wall I'd figure it out like when we were at the airport uh, they had trouble finding me at the airport because I figured that I could just walk right back into the airport in Shanghai it was 
Pudong. <laughs> uh, but I figured I could just walk uh, back outside of the airport and everything would be fine. And it turned out that uh, once you walk out of that exit in the airport, then you have to go back through. And then they tried to give me a hard time about shaving cream. And then I had a breakdown, uh, which wasn't a real breakdown. I just snapped at them real quick. And then they let me go through because it was like, I'm not fucking around. I'm just trying to find my friends. But I said it in a nicer but just as frustrated frustrated tone no curse words nicer words coming out of my mouth but just like ah not trying to do anything right now i'm not even trying to go anywhere i'm just trying to meet up with my friends because i'm not from here and so luckily i think because they could tell i was american and frazzled they were a little bit nice about that which they're not always the nicest about in china they're not the most welcoming of foreigners and i can't say i completely blame them but at the same time I did I did notice the vibe there. I did notice what was going on. But you know, it's their country and they can do what they want to do. Like I just am always satisfied with the fact that I'm coming back to the United States. So I feel like have your fun, have your way. Yes, you're going to get on my nerves for the moment, but I'm going to get out of here in a couple of days and then I don't have to deal with you. Little stupid. Oh. But uh, they they are stupid though because like some of the uh, the rules they have aren't even consistent. Like their version of TSA, that's one of the things that got annoying. Like because it's different. Like at the train stations and then even certain areas of town. Like one person was telling me that if I had gone further south in that particular uh, town, like further south on <coughs> excuse me south up the um, the train, then and gotten on there because it's all poor people. There would have been no real security check like that, and they never would have gone through and taken out my lighters or my hairspray they just would have let it go um not even paid attention to it so you know it, it, it so it's not the most consistent which is annoying because it's like just just have one rule like with or you know not one rule but like one set of rules that we all go by like with tsa we all know there's the way you that, that you do your liquids and stuff i check all my liquids i check my lighters i always bring a couple lighters it's never been a problem um, you know, it, it just, it's ridiculous the way that they do it in China. And so that was frustrating and people don't know that that is happening during the day as well. That's another thing I'm dealing with. And, um, yeah, then I'm running on Wi-Fi. So, and a lot of places have this stupid thing in China where you can't just connect to the Wi-Fi. Most places here, they'll just give you a password, right? And then you're in the Wi-Fi. But here, it's like they want to send you an SMS, which it's like I'm not getting SMSs because I don't have my SIM card in. So I have to use a friend's phone, like Barney's phone, give them his number, or he puts his number in, and he got me hooked up with Wi-Fi everywhere, which he's great about. There's so many ways that they really had to take care of me on this tour that I have to say at the end of everything, no matter like, you know, little snafus we had here and there. And I know I keep saying snafus. It really is the word of the day around here, apparently. But even though we had those little snafus, might as well just go with it. Might as well just keep on snafuing. Um, in spite of those snafus, though. They really did an outstanding job of taking care of me. And then uh, on the way home, I did get jacked, though. Uh, I hate to admit this to you guys. I got played, you guys. I got played. I got played. I got played. I might as well say it a million times because it happened. And there is no sense in being denial. Admitting is the first step. I am taking my first step to admitting or taking the first step of admitting that I got jacked at the airport. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I gave them 1,200 RMB, 1,200 Kwai. Kwai not. Really, Kwai not. Oh, um, that's their money for an iPhone 7, supposedly. And it is not an iPhone 7. It is, I got red panda you guys. <laughs> not a panda. Not a panda. Not an iPhone 7. Ugh! And I, you know what, I, there's two things. I let him control the pace, which I never do that with people that want to hustle me. I never do that. But I just woke up out of the taxi, and all of a sudden this guy has this flashy iPhone 7 he's selling. And it seems too good to be true. And I remember thinking, this is too good to be true. And instead of going with, this is too good to be true. See, in China, you got to follow wisdom. They speak a lot of wisdom in China, and I'm not saying they're the ones that say too good to be true. They very well might be. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. All right? Jesus Christ, you guys. I wasn't a philosophy major. Would that be in philosophy? 
Somebody get back to me on that. Um, I would ask the re the retard department. I almost said the retard department. Well, same difference, the research department, but we haven't hired them yet, you guys. I think that's the role Zach Elk was supposed to play at the beginning. Remember Zach Elk, you guys? He was fun, huh? He was fun till he left me, that son of a bitch. Oh, but also, here's another thing that I did enjoy about going to China was a lot of the new comics are really excited there and they don't have any of the entitlement of like LA or some of the scenes that I've been on, LA being the worst, and I don't mind saying that. LA, you are terrible about your entitlement. They're really so just happy to be performing and it's not glamorous at all right now but I do have the feeling that if people continue to plug away for plug away at it and really work on that scene like my friend Barney uh and Kurt and all the people I met Bill uh Zolo all of you uh Nicole Zul, I think I said it right I think that is the way, like, on stage she performs under Nicole too much, I think it is. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Nicole too much. I can't remember, but she was a really sweet girl. And, see, this is what I mean, guys. When I say that I deal with people a lot of times at a different point in their development when it comes to gay, um, this girl, Nicole, is from China, and she's from one of the parts we performed in, Shenzhen, which she describes as a city because it's only 37 years old, which she said like she knew it was 37 years old, so I'm just giving you guys these as the facts she gave me. Um, and she's Asian, so she probably knows. Plus, she grew up in that town. Anyway, um, Shenzhen is where she's from, and she had never talked to a gay before, and I know because she said it exactly like that. I've never talked to a gay before, and if you know me, that's one of my triggers. I hate being referred to as a gay or one of the gays, but I understood that this girl had never talked to one of us before, and also there was a language barrier there, so I'm patient, and then we continue to have a good chat, and she said that I was her first gay friend, and she never talked to, because she never talked to a gay person, but she always said she looked at them, like when she would be at a restaurant, and they'd walk in or whatever, and she just wanted to know, she felt like they were so interested, and she would just look at them and wonder what their lives are like, and she said that she probably made them uncomfortable, and they probably felt like she was judging them, um, but she's actually was just admiring them. And, you know, we had a good chat and I, I really was glad to meet her and see it from such a different perspective. And there were a couple things that I learned when I was out there just as far as the differences and what they actually get to see um, or are used to. It's like sometimes people aren't being rude. They just really aren't exposed on a different level than even kind of the redneckiest area here just because of what's allowed there you know while I was there you have to use a VPN in order to get out which allows you to get past the firewall so that you can do Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that and that doesn't always run the fastest so I was a little worried about getting unbothered out last week but I decided you guys were worth it and I really worked to make that happen um, you know, as far as like posting it and I posted it at the regular time that I usually post it within the same window because, uh, I made sure to like, look at the time zones and be like, okay, when do I usually post it? Let me post it between then and then. And I did it all by myself. But anyway, this girl, Nicole, zoo, which Nicole too much. I hope I'm saying her name right, but at least I'm trying Nicole. if you're listening, at least I'm trying. I try to remember, you guys have been drinking, I had not, but doesn't mean I was completely clear-headed. Anyway, I am trying, Nicole. You are not coming down on me about this, young lady. I am your first gay friend. Don't lose your first gay friend a week after you've made him. No arguing. But yeah, she was a great girl. Uh, and I feel like if she sticks to it, because we were talking, and I'm not going to tell you guys her whole story and everything I know about. You know, we had a nice little conversation, though, and, like, it was a real substance involved in the conversation. We, she, I mostly let her talk, um, just because I wanted to know about her. I talked a little bit. And, you know, I feel like if she really sticks to it and 
is patient and puts her story together, I think that she's going to be a good comic. And she's already got a good, well, really good stage presence. She's not at all scared or nervous. She's just going for it, so. Give it up for Nicole, everybody. You guys got to see Nicole tonight. Tonight was only her fifth time on stage. Yeah, I liked meeting that young lady. But, so I keep trying to get to this story. So, uh, my thing is, I've got certain things that keep me sane, right? Working out, being alone, getting to do my hair. Um, these are things I do to keep myself sane. Spending time with my dogs, definitely one of the big things I do um, is spend time with my dogs. So, I wasn't able to do almost any of my things. So then you add like a rush to me that doesn't need to be there because the sponsor wanted to have us for dinner, which I appreciate. But it was set up so our dinner would be after the class. Well, the class was scheduled for an hour and a half. But like I said, we were running a little bit late. And so we got there and I felt like I owed them to really at least answer their questions and try to give them as much information as I can give them. And I let them do sets and I kind of gave them critiques on that. And I did my best to be what it was I was supposed to be and to make sure that they got their money's worth. And I think anybody there would tell you that I did that. And I felt like for me that night, since I wasn't performing, that was what my job was. And as long as the venue was okay with it, which the venue was fine with it, like they didn't mind us being there and having that time. So, you know, I just felt like that should be my priority. And so I knew the dinner was supposed to happen afterwards, but I have to do the work part and in my opinion, earn my money. And so I did that and when I get off stage, and I was looking forward to the dinner because it was supposed to be Mexican food. And I was looking forward to the dinner, but we, when we got done, I was like, are we still going to dinner? And then I was let know that we weren't going to dinner because the restaurant had to close, which to me, it was completely reasonable. And I wasn't tripping off of that either. I was really like, you know, too bad in my head. I was like, I really wanted to have that Mexican dinner, but it didn't end up happening. Can't, can't turn back the clock, you know? So I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, it's too bad we missed that. And so the guy ended up getting, well, it was supposedly fine. And then the next day he was upset and I didn't know how that worked because I've never had a sponsor be upset before. Like usually either the night of the show they want to see you or they want to see you. Well, other than that, they'll really host you, like pick you up. And, you know, like if they really want to see you, what they do is they pick you up at the airport or wherever you come into. And then they take you to dinner or whatever right then if you're down for it. And usually it's set up ahead of time and you're like, I'm down for it. Or you, you know to expect it kind of if you're like, the sponsor's probably going to pick us up, you know, and it's going to be 3 p.m. So we'll have like four hours to get there. So more than likely he's going to want to have a meal or whatever like that. But it, it seemed like it was, kind of running on his schedule which yeah that's cool I guess but I don't commit to that under any circumstances I just don't that's not something well I wouldn't say under any circumstances if somebody was paying enough money I definitely would but anytime I've done that in the past they've usually ended up eating up a good part of my day and in the end it's not worth it because I do have to be able to get ready and I do have to be able to perform and I have to get shit done because like I said we're only spending so long in each of these cities so when you're only spending so long in each of these cities then you just have to really maximize your time and get shit done and make sure you know like your shower runs when it should like there's already going to be things you can't control there were times when you know a train got delayed and it had nothing to do with us it was just the train got delayed and that happened with the train and a plane and then sometimes between the airport and wherever we had to be there was more distance than it seemed like or there would be you know, real traffic. And so it was like a lot of things happening. So the undue stress, it's like, I don't need that as a performer. I don't need that. 
And then you want to see me before the show now because you're upset because I missed the dinner. So now you want me. And I didn't know that earlier that day either. I wasn't told that either. Had I known that, then we would have planned our day accordingly. But I didn't know, like, you know, that that's something that was expected of me. So I wasn't knowing that this, you know, there was a, there were all these expectations. And then I'm dealing with, like, now I don't have time to do with my hair, do my hair, and it's the last show of the week or the last show of my tour. And I kind of wanted to look good for that one because I know we're going to take pictures and stuff like that. But there's this guy that's upset, and I'm trying to appease him, even though really that's not what I'm supposed to be there for. I'm supposed to be there to perform. And as far as I go, like... I really do, like I said, think about what, I, what I'm what i going to do. And I think about what I want to say that just happened in the moment or that night. or And it, it's not anything to do with the sponsor usually. It's usually to do with, you know, the town or relating to them. Doing my job as a comic. Personalizing a show for them, which is something I want to do when I'm in a place like China. I want to tell them the little bit of things that I've seen and then go to my material and show them what it is I do. And then after that, if a sponsor wants to hang out with me, then hang out with me. Like uh, another way I felt about it was if you really wanted to see me, then you could have just come to the end of the class and then we could have gone somewhere to eat from there because we ended up eating. I don't remember what we ended up eating that night, but we definitely did end up eating. I think we had hot dogs that night. There's this hot dog place that we went to. Um, I think that was that night. Yeah, it was that night. And so I just feel like you had opportunities, too, to come out, you know. And there was a gift basket situation, which gift baskets, unless you're giving me diamonds or something, let's just skip the gift basket. One time I got some beats when they were brand new. Uh, thank you, Gabriel Glacius. That was our swag gift for Stand Up Revolution, I believe. Or maybe that was for the whatever. And we got some good swag on those tours. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, yeah, I've had some good swag before. So never mind. If, you're, if, if, if you know how to buy swag gifts or how to get sponsors that will give good swag shit, definitely do it. But otherwise, I can buy my own kiwi fruit. Try to get cute and slice some strawberries and act like, hmm, this is your gift basket. Bitch, that's groceries. You're going to tell me you have beer in a fucking gift basket for me. What kind of lady do I seem like I'm going to be swilling on beer? You could at least buy me some wine. I don't drink wine, and I get downright nasty sometimes on wine. But, yeah, beer. Anyway, I'm not trying to sound at all ungrateful, but I do get angry when people expect shit of me. Because really, really, really what I feel like my job is, my job as the comic, is to go up and make them laugh and make them think and make them do all the things that they come out to the comedy show for. In On these particular shows, since I'm dealing with a lot of expats, and you did meet some people that are kind of lonely because they're dealing with everything I said, but they're dealing with it on a daily basis. There are so many people, Americans, in China that don't really speak it and are just kind of living isolated lives outside of being around the other expats. And that's what it is. So if I can also bring them, you know, it's similar to when I would perform for the military. And I'm not saying, well, and there's a lot of teachers, English teachers that I was meeting out there. But it's like a similar kind of thing where they're out there working and they're not close to their family in some cases and they don't speak the language and it's just... You know, you bring them a piece of home and you have a good time with them. And that's mainly what I consider my my job to be. And I don't, like I said, I don't mind if I'm able to squeeze in a dinner or something like that. But pressing me for a lot of opinions or wanting to talk politics with me or any of that stuff, that's not part of the deal either. Like, <clears throat> I don't know what you're sponsoring exactly, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I can guarantee you if I were to pick an hourly rate to charge somebody to just hang out with them, it would be more than you're sponsoring. And that I can guarantee. And you have to remember that when you're talking to some people. Some people respond to different numbers. And yes, I appreciate your help, but you weren't carrying the whole load. I know that too. So let's, let's all know our fucking places, right? I'll go have the fucking dinner. But if it doesn't work out, don't come back on me for doing my fucking job all the way around. You know what's supposed to happen when you're a performer? Your hair's supposed to get done. 
You're supposed to you're supposed to be like, oh, I look like I'm supposed to look to be on a fucking stage right now. I'm not looking like a fucking mess because a sponsor was upset because I missed a fucking dinner the night before because again I was doing what I was supposed to do. For some reason, somebody wanted me to drive across town to meet them. Hey. <laughs> Don't talk during my set, Lauren. You've fucked up enough in my hair. My hair isn't fucking done. There's a guy taking fucking pictures. It's because you wanted to fucking meet me before the show. This is my last night of this fucking tour, and I'm done being nice to people. Good to have you guys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, uh, here's I'm a very real person, and I'm going to give you guys the real version of what it is I do. If you don't like it, it's time for you to fucking leave. I'm not going to pretend that I care about your fucking feelings. I understand that there will be parts where you guys will cringe. There will be parts where you guys pull back. Understand that during those parts, I'm going to go deeper into whatever the fuck it was I was doing. So you either like it or you don't. Afterwards, we're not going to fucking discuss it. I'm not going to have a quiet conversation with you about what the fuck offends you. I don't fucking care. I don't care in the United States. I fucking care even less in China. But no. You right. You right. I'm supposed to just do whatever you want. Well, I ain't. Um, so what else was happening? Then it was ridiculous. Uh, try, oh. Did I tell you guys already about getting jacked for the iPhone? Did I go all the way into that? I don't know how far I went into that. So anyway, so this guy didn't let me hold the phone because uh, he walked up to me. We had just pulled up to the airport, me and Barney. And it was just me and Barney, and I was really tired from the night before, even though I hadn't been drinking or anything like that. It was just like trying to get back to, you know, I was getting ready to leave the next day that was really just trying to wait it out to get to the airport. And I was tired on the way to the airport. And this guy approached us and he had an iPhone and he wouldn't let me see it. And I did let him control the pace. That's where I was at the story. I did let him control the pace, which I never let people do. I always am like, I've even told people in so many words, you know, fast talk is a cheap hustle. Slow it down if you want to talk to me. This is the way I talk to people just so that we get to where I need us to be. You know, that way I can understand what it is you're saying and see if I'm actually getting hustled or if this is just something. But I let him control the pace. And I know that was because I had just gotten out of the taxi. I was tired. He flashed an iPhone. I was like, I could use a new iPhone. And then there's the fact that they're made out there. So I'm like, this could come up a couple different ways. Like, because... <sighs> Twelve hundred RMB, red panded. All right, there. I've said it twice in one pad podcast. Podcast. One podcast here on my podcast. Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Oh yeah. So here's another thing I'm gonna tell you guys. If you aren't already subscribed to me on YouTube, definitely do subscribe to me, cause. Wednesday, I will be putting out the visual Unbothered by Ty Rivera, where I'll be incorporating a lot of the footage that I took while we were in China. That way you don't have to be like, how was China? You can see it. And I'm sure I'll turn the sound on at certain parts so that you guys can hear some of the actual dialogue or what it was we were standing in front of where we were, like that kind of stuff. It was a fun situation, uh, you know, getting to check out that side of China, because since we were in so many cities, we got to we did check out some stuff too. Like we'd take like an hour here or there when we got a chance, or like that one day we had a full day in Wuhan, and then uh, we went to Jiminy or Jim Jimin. It's Jimin. I keep saying Jimin like a Jiminy, like it's Jiminy Christmas, but it's Jimin. Oh, and then we ate Shao Cao, which is street food, and I would love it if we had that kind of street food here in LA. Like the Asian, they just put some mushrooms on some skewers and they had lamb. Oh, that lamb was so good and so tender. And it's just 
oh, green beans. It was it's really healthy and really good. If we had, if I had known about shao cow at the beginning of the trip, I would have had a lot of shao cow during this trip. Uh, and now I know that for next time for sticking to my diet because shao cow is a good option for that. And it's super cheap. So cheap. And we did get upset, though, at that one. Like, I got upset there. And it was because here's one thing people also don't get about me. I don't like to be fooled before the show. Well, if we're traveling like we're traveling, that means sometimes there's a big gap in time when I don't eat. And if I eat anything, I do feel sluggish. Sluggish. That's just the way I work. You know, occasionally I can do, if they have like a meat platter, I can do like some pepperoni or some salami with cheese sometimes. Not too much cheese though, because the cheese is heavy. Um, but yeah, I can do a little bit of that right before I go up, but I don't really like trail mix or peanuts or anything like that. I don't like the amount of fat and salt and stuff like that. And I just don't, I don't like the way it feels inside of me. It feels like an oil, even though sometimes I do really love chunky peanut butter, which those two don't really jive that I don't like that way, but I do like that way, but it is what it is. There's clearly more oil in the peanut butter, but anyway, I'm weird like that. So... There's nothing for me to eat for large gaps. And that had happened on that night. And I remember Deanna had asked me, she was like, because um, she was hungry. She was like, are you hungry? And then I was like, I was like, I could eat. And then I was like, in about an hour, I'll really be hungry. So, yeah, if we eat now, I'll be great. Because, like I said, it had been one of those big gaps in the time that I had had to eat that day. And they had had some pizza, so everybody else felt at least a little bit okay. But I had had nothing, had had nothing to eat. And then we also had had a couple beers. I keep saying had had. Had had. Had had. But uh, we had had a couple beers. And then I was like, yeah, I could go for something to eat. Really could go for something to eat now, you know, because... That was after Deanna had asked me if I was hungry. So then we're waiting for our food, and they're taking forever. And it was a little bit of racism because, you know, the other Chinese people sat down, and they got served right away. And we ordered way before them, and they were just taking forever with our stuff, which we did order a lot of food. But if you bring it to us in sections and still bring them their stuff, I'm not really going to notice that. I don't care if you're serving somebody else at the same time as you're serving me, but when I'm sitting sitting there getting nothing and then something finally comes over and it's not the full order by any stretch, so it's not like I've been waiting for you to prepare the whole thing because you wanted it all to come over at once. It's street food. It's not really that kind of situation. And then our food gets there and some stranger that I don't know just starts picking at our food and it's like, Oh, no, I ordered that many orders of mushrooms because that's the number of mushroom orders that I want to eat. That isn't just community food. I haven't eaten for quite a few hours, and I'm fucking hungry. And I asked for exactly what I wanted and the number I wanted so that it would be there for me. And this may sound spoiled to you, but when you're traveling in another fucking country... And you're not getting to eat all the time and things are getting fucking changed around every once in a while and you're rolling with the punches. And sometimes you're creating the punches like when I was eating that fucking ice cream and or not. I didn't even eat the ice cream. That's what we didn't tell you in the last story. I never actually got the ice cream. Barney had ordered some ice cream for Diana and then we got to the... Um, to the stupid... What's it called? To, to the where they check your bags, the scanner, security check, and then Barney decided to throw away the ice cream, and in my head I really was mad at him about throwing that ice cream away because I was like, I would have just eaten that fucking ice cream. But oh, we were rushing at that point, and that was the day we missed the train, and it was because of me and that goddamn ice cream, and I feel like such an asshole. But, you know, it's just... Ugh, it's what happened, you guys. It, this, this podcast episode is all about admitting shit. So, you know, it's like you're having to, you don't need any extra stress. It's like, just let me do what it is I'm supposed to do. Not to sound douchey, but as an artist, because I don't know if you guys noticed, but 
when it comes to stand-up, I do fall under the artist category. Um, always thinking about new shit. I'll be doing new shit about China. I realize that I need to shoot something soon just so I have something because I haven't put something out in a long time since my album, which is in 2009. Yeah, 2009, I believe, was my album. Get right on top of that, Rose. So, yeah, so there's that. Tomorrow, Chris Dorn's coming over. So I ended up coming back to L.A. today, and there were delays, and there was other shit, and it was just a mess. And I, because it was raining when I was leaving Shanghai after I got jacked for that iPhone, which I ended up realizing after I got to the gate, because I was like, hey, my fucking iTunes is only in, what's it called, in Chinese. And so I was like, okay, that's a simple enough thing. I just go change the language. And so I wanted to change it, and it didn't have language and region. And I was like, wait a second. Wait a tick. And so then I went to check the operating system. And I, see, I hadn't even let the guy, made the guy let me hold it, really. I just, I deserve to get jacked. And I'm going to tell you guys exactly why. This is 100% my, my lesson to learn. And if you want to call that victim blaming, blaming, I'm blaming the victim, and the victim is me. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, botherinas, this is how we learn. By telling ourselves, this is where you were the stupid bitch in this situation. So I'm going to tell myself where I was a stupid bitch in this situation, and you'll see how I'm so quote-unquote heartless when it comes to other people. Because really, I try to be honest with myself all the time so that I know how not to fuck up again. And what happened was... I let him control the pace of the conversation and he was like, you know, holding the iPhone so he didn't let me hold it either. And the most important thing was I knew in my head it was too good to be true. I knew that. I just was trying to get over on the system as well. And I should have known because here's the other thing that was going on. Um, I need all of my stuff to work. So I have to have everything that is actually from an authorized dealer because I need my airdrop to work. And a lot of times if you get something stolen, it's going to be a whole lot of, you know, I'm not trying to fucking relive Swordfish or anything. I, I, I know that's an obscure reference, but if you saw it, you saw it and you know it's all about hacking and shit like that. And I'm not trying to do all that for an iPhone. So I should have known. And plus, I ended up, like, you know, he ended up, like, saying 1,200 RMB, which I think was the equivalent of $192 was what Barney had figured out. And But, like I said, I just know that they make them in that area, so I thought this could be possible. And I was in a hurry because I wanted to get in the airport at the same time, but also if I could get this iPhone. I did need an iPhone, and no. It did not turn out to be an iPhone, and as soon as I realized that, and I didn't have, you know, $192 just to waste, but also, it's not like it put me in dire straits. It was just like, Ugh! but, you know, who really wants to lose $192? But that's what happened, and I got, I got hustled, and it just reminds me that even I can be naive. Actually, it's nice to feel naive again. It's nice to feel young, like I don't know what's going on. Like when I first arrived in the big city of Phoenix from Casa Grande, Arizona, just a young girl pulling the cotton out of my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I was super innocent and nice, though, when I first went to Phoenix, Arizona from Casa Grande. And then by Vegas, the time I moved to Vegas, I was already a bit of a hardened bitch. And then I moved to L.A. and became a virgin again. I felt so full of awe that's why the people that know me from when I first got here see a completely different me like Earl Skakel and some of the others because I was so sweet when I first got here I was so nice to everybody and I really didn't know anything and it wasn't because I wasn't that's genuinely who I am is nice to everybody like that's one thing I'm going to tell you guys I appreciate about my new friends and then I'll get back to that little point like when I first got here um, my new friends, and they're not new because Barney and Dion I knew from last time. And Kurt I had met just briefly last time, but I didn't really get to know him. You know, it was a quick, brief, brief, met him, hello, and he was out or we were out or I was out. I don't remember, but one way or another, that, you know, was a, a short meeting. 
But um, I like we all kind of snapped every once in a while in our own ways, or we're going through different like, and it wasn't all the time. It was actually pretty for the most part. We all were pretty chill about everything and good. But when you're spending that time kind of time together and under a lot of stress, it's like some shit's gonna happen. Um, you know, you're every once in a while gonna snap at each other. That's why, like, when it came to that sponsor situation, not to harp on that, but I also was like, you know, well, if you want to be in the fold like that, then here's what it's like. Every once in a while, I'm going to get mad. Why? Not just because I'm being bitchy, but because there are certain things I have to do to keep my sanity. And never, I said never, do I want to be on any kind of medication. So in order to avoid this, I need to keep my stress down somewhat. I need to be able to at least work out, which is on me. I will start running in the park or whatever I have to do to make sure I'm doing more of my part. I also learned that I can eat shao cow. And for anybody else that's on a diet, maybe going the low carb way. Um, or possibly warrior, even ketosis. Whatever your diet is, it seems almost on that spectrum of it, there's plenty of shao cow. Another thing I liked about being in China was that there's fruit everywhere. Like you can get bananas anywhere. You just walk a couple steps, a couple stores, and you can get bananas i had chinese bayberries for the first time on this trip which were really good there's a place i like to go to in shanghai called mr pancake where they have good benedicts but i didn't have benedicts this time around because the hollandaise is too fattening and this trip was already going to be fat enough i mean i ate more ice cream on this trip than i probably should have it was um but it was all worth it and with the calories we were burning and the way like i said we were eating it spaced out times I don't think I went much over my calories, even though I'm not as firm and low body fat as I was when I left, definitely. You know, 12 days can make a dent in that. But I posted a picture tonight on Facebook, so, you know, it's not that bad. Because the times when I'm really fat, I ain't letting you guys see. And that's just what's going to happen. I'm going to cover up. I'm going to be a big bitch in a black blouse. That's right. I said a big bitch in a black blouse is what I'm going to be when shit's going that way. Mama gets a little heavy every once in a while. That's something you guys got to know. I am the Janet Jackson of comedy. Sometimes I'm fat. Sometimes I'm super in shape. Janet Jackson had a baby at 50. God willing, this bitch going to have a baby at 50. Yeah, by 50, I should have done something, right? There's some time. Good 20 years. Wink, wink. Anyway, you guys, I probably said too much this episode. Special thanks to everybody that's listening. A special thanks to Barney Rivera. Also, special thanks to Deanna. Also, special thanks to Kurt Dunsing. Also, special thanks to all of the venues that we performed at in every city we performed in. Let's see, it was Shanghai, then it was Wuhan, then it was Chengdu, then it was Qingchong, then it was... Jin... No, 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 it was not. Then it was Shenzhen, then it was... Shaman, then it was, I can't remember, you guys. Oh, well, you're all in my prayers. That's what I'm getting at. See, we don't have to go individualized. We can just take it as an umbrella and say, look, you guys, every place that we performed, every manager, every sponsor, every room booker, every place we performed in every person we came in contact with including the airport workers including the dedicated security at the train stations including the various taxi drivers servers McDonald's kiosk helpers hot pot hot water servers Asian cuppers. It was a massage place where they did my 
They cupped me. They did my cupping, which I did feel better. I slept better after I got cupped, and I still have the bruises, but it said it can take like 10 days to two weeks for those to come off. So that's what I read online, so I'm not really sweating that. But, yeah, it was a great trip, and I think I hit everything I wanted to talk about. You know, just like this is what some people need to get from me. Like when it comes to... um, me and performing, I'm not ever trying to be bitchy or anything like that, but there are certain things that are, it's best if I can do them, you know? Like, if we're taking away all the things that I have to do regularly to keep myself in balance the way that I need to, um, working out, all the stuff I mentioned, you can at least give me one, and that can be, like, doing my hair or being able to make sure that I'm really ready for the show. And that's what that one sponsor didn't allow. Now, when it came to Barney and the others, when that would happen, which it only happened, like, once, I I think where I really didn't have time to do my hair and that was when I was with bon- Barney, Deanna and Kurt and I didn't say hold them at all responsible because I was there for that whole day and I saw how that whole day went and we just literally didn't have time to make that shit work so that's just what it was live and learn maybe we'll space some of those out further I think we'll just get better at running at a faster schedule a faster pace when I'm there or timing things out I realize that on some things I'm kind of one of the new like the first ones they're trying and the reason for that honestly is because when it comes down to it you can say what you want about me and try to make it seem like I'm a diva but I'm a really reasonable person and I'll roll with the fucking punches and I'll run when I have to run and I'll be where I have to be when we have to be there Every once in a while, we're just human, though, and shit goes haywire for everything. But for the most part, I'm that person. And they were those people, too. Like, we had those couple of problems, but we got it together and really made shit happen. And I'm glad that it happened. There is talk of me working out there a bit more. And that'll be with the same uh, Shanghai Comedy Club. For anybody that doesn't know what who I was hanging out with, who I was working for, it is Shanghai Comedy Club. And you should all be on the lookout for it because I predict something good's going to happen from that scene. I really do feel that way. And thanks for listening, everybody. You can find me at americasfavoritefag.com. I'm... Back on Facebook, which I don't think I got to talk about last time, but there's really no story other than I'm just back on Facebook. Today, um, I had a person that I've known for a long time chime in on one of my posts and tell me that I should be more supportive. And I thought we were past that. I thought everybody just understood that I say what I say and you can either be cool with it or then you're not made to be my friend. And I can accept that. I'm an adult and I'm not going to feel like I have to troll you or whatever, but just... You do you. I'm, I'm, I'm being me, and that's what I'm good at, and that's what I'm going to continue to do because what, what else would I be? Anyway, if you don't like it anytime you want, just unfollow. If you don't like the things I say on my podcast, maybe I sound bitchy. Maybe my voice is super annoying. Maybe I have the volume up too loud. Maybe you guys should provide some feedback instead of just complaining about this shit and let me letting me know now, now that you're complaining at me about everything. But anyway, all those maybes. Let's say they're all possibly true. Or let's say just some of them are true. Or let's say just one very important one is true for you. Then don't listen to Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Nobody's twisting your arm. Nobody's just making this podcast magically come on. You made a conscious effort. You either went to the SoundCloud link or the iTunes leak link or... Oh, also I used a squatty, you guys, a real live squatty. Well, not a, a squat, the squat toilet. I had to use one because every once in a while when you're eating that street food and just eating wherever, you know, they're, they're not... They're, some places you go, the food conditions are a little bit like... Yeah, this has probably been out for a minute, but it's going to taste really good, and it's not going to kill me. And you know what they say, whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I feel like I'm a stronger person after this trip to China. I'm stronger. I'm more zen. I'm centered. I feel like I connected with a part of my people. I think if I went on Ancestry.com, it would be pretty inarguable that there would be some Asian involved in there. I would say. Even if it's just the Asian that ends up checking the blood and telling me what it, how Mexican I am. 
No, we all know. There's some Asian in there. Anyway, you guys, you can find me at americasfavoritefag.com. I appreciate you all for listening. I will be doing the YouTube uh, visual version of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, and that will be coming out Wednesday one way or another. I'm not promising the editing's going to be great. Well... I think, and this will also have some clips for me. So let me know what you guys think about the way the podcast is coming together. And if you guys have anything you want me to talk about, uh, hit me up either in private message or let me know when you see me, like what you think that I should. Because I don't know, you know, I, I think my, well, I, I know I'm fun. But I don't always know if you guys are like, I really wish you would talk about this one time. He's never talked about this, and this is something I would like to know. Maybe it'll be a story that I'll be like, yeah, I do need to think about doing that. Let me figure that out in the next couple episodes. Or maybe it's something I'll be like, yeah, that's something I can talk about right now. Anyway, I'll keep you guys posted on everything. I have shit that I need to do. Uh, Denver, Denver, Colorado. For anybody that doesn't know, that will be on the 16th. You can see me in Denver at the Comedy Works. And then we got some stuff coming up, you guys. So let me just wrap up with that. And then we could be on our ways. Let's get the sketch. July 12th, I'm in Pueblo, Colorado. July 13th, 14th, and 15th, I'm in Colorado Springs. July 16th, I am in Denver at the Comedy Works. So, those are the places you want to see me. You can find it at americasfavoritefag.com or tyrivera.com. That is what I have coming up. I hope you guys have a lovely week. And please, everybody, whatever you do, stay unbothered.